Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, welcome. We're doing player profile and projections. If you've been listening, thanks. If you haven't, today you are in for a real treat. We've got nicknames listed as The Beast, Crobe, and Super Mario. It's Mario Hezonia, the former Magic player. I didn't. I almost said star there, and I had to stop myself. An interesting player from Croatia. The 23-year-old joins the Knicks this year. I am joined by Tommy Piccolo, Tommy Stats, Tommy Yoked. Tommy, Tommy Blondie? No one calls you that. Um, Tommy, how you doing, brother? Jake, I'm doing well. I feel like your nicknames are as good as the basketball reference ones on uh, for Hazonia, though. Those, those were solid. You, you showed some nice restraint not calling him a star. That, that was fair. Yeah, I, uh, I can't believe those words almost came out of my mouth. But uh, how about the talented? The talented Croatian. He joins the Knicks this year after three underwhelming years with the Orlando Magic, uh, former top five pick, Tom. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he's, I'll, I'll just, I'll give, I'll give you his dimensions and then I'll let you roll. Six foot eight, 215 pounds, coming off a, a 10.4 rebound type season with the Magic. What, what, what do you got for me on Super Mario? Yeah, that was kind of you to call them underwhelming, those seasons in Orlando. But I feel like just given that situation, just about anybody you put in there would have been underwhelming. Like some of them, some very talented guys have come out of there. Just, I mean, Victor Oladipo was there and look what ended up happening to him uh, when he was uh, in Indiana last season. So you never know with guys with this kind of talent, what, what they're capable of until they're in a functioning system, which up until recently, we couldn't really say about New York, but uh, with, with Hornacek out and David Fisdale in, the hope is they're going to be able to implement some kind of system where they're going to be able to use Hazonia and his skills and his talent and his upside in a in a proactive, efficient way. Yeah, and Tom, let's I mean let's let's dive right into it. We've I'll I'll give a little bit of the backstory. He's drafted. He's twenty years old. He's playing eighteen minutes a night. Uh, he puts up a six, six, two, and one and a half spot. Uh, nothing in crazy. Crazy. He shoots fifty percent from two, which will be interesting moving forward. Um, and then he was a thirty-five percent three-point shooter. So hey, for a twenty-year-old six-eight wing in his first NBA season, you know there's some promise there. It looks like his sophomore year as a twenty-one-year-old. His minutes take a little bit of a dive, and his gameplay does. He shoots just under 30% from three. He shoots under 40% from two, which is kind of, I mean, major red flags. I'd have to dig a little more into the tape for that. And then he has a little bit of a bounce-back junior year, 22 minutes. uh, He shoots 44% from the field, 34 from three, 52 from two. And again, he puts up a little little nine and four, playing 22 minutes a night for, again, a team that uh, 
was nothing short of a hot mess. So, Tom, I, I know, and you wrote a brilliant, and, <laughs> you know, I, I normally ham it up and make a little bit of a jerk of myself because that's just my life, but I was going to obnoxiously say that you wrote one of the most detailed papers ever on Mario Hazonia, and then I took a step back and thought about it, and I think you truly have, um, just because I, <laughs> and A, <laughs> yeah. partially because I don't think there's a ton out there <laughs> on in-depth deep dives onto Mario Hazonia. But you went out there, you went after it when the when the Knicks acquired him and really dove in. So I'm a the the floor is yours, Tom. Start where you want to start, finish where you want to finish. Well I feel like you can't really start talking about Hazonia without bringing up at least once the J.R. Smith comparisons he was getting uh pre-draft, right? People said he was he had kind of freakish athleticism. Uh he would he was a chucker. And he hasn't really – his offensive game hasn't really been like that. <laughs> you know, he hasn't really lived up to those J.R. Smith comparisons in a good or bad way. Just a, He's just a very different player. So uh, those, were, those were not really apt. But um, one thing I will say is his final year in Orlando last year, he started – people think of him as kind of a, of a perimeter-oriented player. But uh, after the All-Star break last year, he was the starting power forward in Orlando. People don't think of him, but, like – in today's NBA, if you're six eight and you got a frame on you, you can be a power forward and match up against most opposing uh, fours. And that that's where he was. And I'm really curious to see if that's where um, where Fisdale will end up playing him most. But yeah, like you said, I did this deep dive into into how he used his offensive game last year, how he used his possessions. And the the first thing that I, that I saw was that he was mostly a spot up player. He uh, he used just over a third of his possessions as a spot up uh, shooter, meaning that he'd be stationed on the perimeter. Someone would kick it, kick it out to him, swing it to him, and he would either shoot or he would attack the basket that way. And he was actually fairly efficient uh, when compared to the rest of the league. If you compare him to other sort of like stretch fours or other spot up wings, he was much less efficient, but it really, it depends on who you're comparing him to there. Um, but yeah, like I will say that the Knicks were not a very good spot up team last year. Uh, they were 26th in spot up frequency. They just didn't do it very often, and uh, and it's something that that Hazonia can definitely do. He spots up from deep, like I'm talking Ryan Anderson level, 28 plus feet out, and his he's so strong and his shot looks so smooth and fluid that he can just he can launch it from just about anywhere and get a, a decent look at it. So um, yeah, that that's one area I'm I'm interested to see how he uh, how he does with spot ups. And Tom, I'm I'm digging through your article in my head movies right now. I feel like there was one number jumped out that he was about 80th percentile. And was it pick and roll that he was super efficient in? Well, he's a, uh, as a pick and roll ball handler, he's, he's up towards 70 percentile. Okay. Uh, which, which is his third most used play type, right? So he, his most used was as a spot up shooter. And I said, I, I kind of made the comparison to, to Doug McDermott, a guy Knicks fans are familiar with. But there, after the spot-up shooting, like that's really where the comparison ends because McDermott was assisted on more than 90% of his field goals. He has to have all of his buckets spoon-fed to him. But Hazonia created 33% of his own shots. So that was he did a lot of that in transition. That was his second most used play type. When he grabs the ball, he goes. I mean, he, he'll leak out um, to try and get easy buckets that way. He wasn't overly efficient in transition, but he does it a lot. And like even uh, and 
inefficient transition attempt is better than an average half court attempt. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough for the Knicks to generate half court offense. So even if they're getting out in transition and Hazonia may make the occasional mistake or, or miss the shot, like that's, it's, they still have a better chance of scoring if, if he's getting out and running. Right. A good, a good contested layup on the break is going to be better than that. Michael Beasley from 18 feet. Sorry, Beasley. No, 100%. 100%. And the thing is like the Knicks, um, they really struggled to, to even get out in transition last season. They just were not a running team. They're kind of a slow it down team. And with, with some of the personnel this year, it's looking like they could get out and run more often. That's the hope at least. Um, but like you said, as a, as a pick and roll ball handler, that was his third most used play type. He, and he was very efficient that way. He, he does a good job coming off screens and sort of getting into the paint. He has a sort of a jerky off kilter um, handle and, and, the way he maneuvers to the bucket. He's actually a really strong finisher at the rim. Um, so I was using the famous B-ball index uh, stats here. And among the 83 spot-up wings that played at least 1,500 minutes, he was in the 81st percentile in finishing shots at the rim. So, I mean, he, when he gets in there, he uses his body, his length, his athleticism. I mean, he throws down some highlight dunks. After I did this uh, – this deep dive, I, I had to like watch some of his misses because he is so tantalizing just watching him throw down dunk after dunk and deep threes. It's you, you see enough of him in a row and you can really talk yourself into this guy. Yeah. And that's I, the word I, I keep, I've been referencing is nixed optimism. And I've almost tried to limit myself this year because you know what? I got caught up. It's last December. The Knicks are winning. I think at one one podcast I mentioned the sixth seed, and then you flash forward two months, and it's like I've fallen into the Knicks trap again. I see this six eight guy, twenty three years old. He showed some serious progress from twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. I mean, what what are some ceilings and floors? What what should I actually be considering here? Because in my head, I'm thinking. This guy's going to get some decent minutes. You'd assume 25, 26 type minutes if, if the progression continues. And I mean, can this guy become a, an 11 and five type player? And is, is he efficient? Is he, is he down low? Is he stretch? Is he a little bit of this? Is he a little bit of that? I mean, I know, I know you just talked about it and I am surprised by his, his two point percentage numbers. Cause I mean, to put up numbers like that, you kind of have to be banging down there. Um, so, I mean, are, what, what are you expecting? Are you expecting him? Or I guess if this is the question, do you expect him down low more so, looking to get easy buckets? Or do you expect him kind of on the wings outside looking for corner threes and things like that? What I'm expecting slash hoping would be that Hazonia's used kind of in that modern power forward role where he is, is more of a stretch four and that he – I mean, he's a, he's a, a decent rebounder actually. Um, for, for basketball index, they have him as a, as a B rebounder among the uh, spot up wings. And that's solid. Like he, he gets boards um, and, you know, Europeans kind of get a, or at least they used to get this kind of soft label, but Hazonia really doesn't fall into that, that category. He he'll grab boards. He'll, he'll play some interior defense. Um, he's, he's pretty switchable too. He'll, he'll get out on the perimeter and move his feet a little bit. Um, but what, what I'm expecting I'd say would be, more in like the, the Ryan Anderson mold who will post up on mismatches. Um, if, if he happens to have a two or 
even a smaller three switched out, switched onto him, I could see Hazonia backing him down and, um, and doing it in, uh, in the post. But uh, for the most part, attacking on the, on the wing, catching shoots on the wing, spotting up around some, um, some other action, right? So like a canter Frank or a canter Trey Burke pick and roll and, and Hazonia spotted up on the wing. He likes to shoot his threes above the break, actually, which is interesting. He, he did not do well shooting from the corners. He only shot like 40 attempts from the corners and shot like 30% on them, but got up somewhere around like 250 plus attempts uh, and shot at much higher percentages above the break, which is pretty rare. Usually you see guys doing better from the corners. So, um, you know, it's just, it's up to Fisdale to, to see where these strengths are and to see if he can develop any of the weaknesses, but to really use him to his strengths. I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes, but uh, what I actually really want to know is you mentioned like 20 to 25 minutes a game. Is Hazonia, is it possible that he starts at the four? Yeah, and this this brings up the whole Chris Stapps thing, and I mean it's going to be a little bit on how they bring up Knox. I, we think so, right? I mean the Knicks paid this guy a little bit of change. He's making over $6 million. Um, he's a guy that's played NBA minutes, which <laughs> with the Knicks sometimes you do have to clarify that. And <clears throat> excuse me. I think what's interesting, because we've talked about a lot about position. Um, when this guy came into the NBA, uh, his first season, so 2015-2016, he plays 22% of his minutes at shooting guard and 72% at small forward. So this guy played 94% of his games at the two or the three. Now, last year, he played 58% at power forward, and then it was 42% at small forward. So we can only assume that increase is going up um, with his body developing. And again, just think about how much that changes you as a player from being a two guard (laughs) to a stretch four. Um, So that's going to be a huge part of his development. And Tom, I mean, we have to assume so, right? What I mean... Not not to dive too much into everybody else, but you have to figure Frank, Courtney Lee, Moutier, Tim Hardaway Jr., that's going to be – they're going to be drawn your, some starts through your one through three. Um, also, Kevin Knox. I mean, how much do they force him into a power forward type role? You'd assume not so much early. And then, I mean, you're, you're on to Hazonia and Cantor, right? So – um, and I, I guess how I'll, I'll pass the ball back to you without answering the question and a little bit of fear is, I mean, what, what's our range on this? I think our floor has to be what Hazonia doesn't really find a rhythm. His true colors is he's not really an NBA guy and we're getting 15 to 20 minutes a night from him. I'd say on the other end of the spectrum, if this guy can play a little bit, I mean, would it be nuts to get 30 minutes out of Mario Hazonia? Not for this Knicks team, I don't think it would be. I mean, yeah, like you said, Porzingis' natural slash best position probably would be the center, but he's not going to be a factor until much later this season. So I think right now we're kind of operating under the assumption that he, that he won't be back until very late. So taking Porzingis out of the equation, your centers really are going to be Cantor, Mitchell Robinson, and Noah Vonleh. Hopefully he makes the roster. Hopefully they figure out something with Joe Noah. But your power forwards, I mean, I think Knox's best position would be power forward. But 
I think to start the season, you're going to have to play them at small. There's just not that many wings. There's Lance Thomas. Uh, there's just not too many wings um, on this roster. So, yeah, I'm thinking Knox starting a small forward, Hazonia at power forward, and 30 minutes a game doesn't seem ridiculous to me at all. So, um, you know, I, I'd like to see him get as much of a chance as possible, see what he can prove. It's extremely possible. It might even be likely that he's going to end up being a, you know, a below average NBA player. That's, that's very possible. But, right. <laughs> um, you know, the, the upside's there. It's, it's only a one-year deal. Uh, Hazonia may be grateful at the, at the chance to prove himself here. And, and if he outperforms it, maybe the Knicks will want him back and maybe Hazonia will come back at a discount. Probably not. But there's not that kind of loyalty. But uh, you never know what, what these guys value, right? Maybe maybe Hazonia values the New York market. That, that's huge too. So um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed he's able to outperform expectations. And, uh, and if that's the case, I think the Knicks would be happy to have him back. But I know I mentioned uh, on, on the off-season review pod, even if they don't bring him back, worst case scenario is, you know, players around the league are going to see Hazonia came to the Knicks, outperformed expectations, and made himself some money elsewhere. And it's like that's the kind of culture you want to be fostering if you're the Knicks. You want, you want players around the league to think, oh, I can go to New York, get my value up. And, and that's the kind of place where the system will, will find it the best use for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. That's, that's something that I hadn't fully wrapped my mind around until you brought it up. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, Tom, a couple things you touched on there, New York city has some of the best Croatian food in the world, you know, I hot spots. Yeah, no, it's it's underrated the Croatian food. You know, I, I work in New York. I'm there pretty much every day, and uh, a huge part of it is the Croatian food. <laughs> we we might need you to scout some spots out for Mario. Um, I I guess to kind of to to wind us down into this, and I I guess something else you just mentioned because we we talked we've talked about the Knicks not shooting enough threes. I'm not going to beat the drum anymore on that. But I mean, you start putting some lines out there, whether it's Burke, uh, Frank Nitty at the point. I mean, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway, Knox, Hazonia. I mean, you're going to have some actual shooter lineups. I mean, I'm not. It's not knock dead, knock dead, knock down shooters, but they're guys you have to respect from three. So, I mean, I guess that got me a little bit excited. Um, if if I had to throw you out, let's let's take a chance on it. If I threw out. Uh, a combined 15 rebounds and points from Mario Hazonia this year. And that's the over under. What are you giving me? So it's either a 10 and five or 11 and four, something like that. that that's a good line. You just said actually off the top of your head. That's solid. Uh, I, I think I'm going to take the over though. I'm I, maybe it's because I watched all those highlights right in this, uh, this article, but uh, I'm, I'm higher, I think than most on, on his potential. And I'm gonna. I think he's gonna get every opportunity in the world. And I think I think Fizdale will be able to get something out of him that the Orlando coach. I don't even know how many coaches he had in Orlando. I know Vogel was down there um, last at least one season. But uh, I'm I'm a believer in Fizdale. I think he'll find the right way to use him. I'm gonna take the over there. Um, I, I bet he grabs. They're gonna need him to grab boards. So yeah, I think I think at ten and five, eleven and five would be uh, definitely feasible. Yeah, and that that's that's kind of why I set the number like that because it just how many th- 
we rarely see a player come to the Knicks and say they're they're leaving a more toxic situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there's the Knicks pep pessimism. Um, it just feels like this guy's gonna get a chance. I mean, Knox is gonna have rookie nights. The the kid's 18, 19. Um, you know, Cantor's a guy that never played in the fourth quarter last year. And then who's behind him? Mitchell Robinson. We're hoping for Noah Vonley. So I mean, we could see we could see this guy getting some minutes. Um, they paid him to bring them some minutes. So I it's tough to put on the pessimistic hat and say his percentages are going to drop down a ton if he's getting those minutes. And that would be worst case scenario. You, I, I almost expect his percentages to stay the same, but the opportunity to go up a little more. So go from 22 to 26, 27 minutes and pop a couple more threes. And Hey, we're, it, I find myself saying these mainstream NBA terms where, you know, we're, we're going to be more up-tempo. We're going to shoot more threes. But Hazonia seems like the guy who fits that. That's what he does. Like I told him, that that's, those were his most used play types as a spot-up shooter, mostly behind the arc, and in transition. That's He likes to get out and run. So, yeah, I, th I think that's right on the money, Jake. So I, I think that's it for, for Super Mario. Thank you guys for listening. If, if you've been checking out the – the the player profile and projections we appreciate you if this is your first one you can kind of check them out we're doing we're doing the main guys on the knicks this year um i think we're gonna have 10 or so and then a grab bag because you never know who's gonna come out of the woodwork um but yeah we're setting them up kind of netflix style so if you have checked them out thank you if you haven't burned through them you'll have an idea of what we're expecting from some of these knicks guys this year and uh for now let's go knicks